welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy.
Welcome to a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy and I am your host. Tonight, I'm bringing you Elowen. He is a music artist and a missionary from the east side of Detroit. Elowen, how are you and thank you for being a new guest. I am doing awesome and thank you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, um, growing up, I know like so many of you, and you had discussed this too, um, that you found your identity and money, girls, violence, rap. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you find your way out of that? There are so many people out there that's trying to find their way out of that, and it's really right. hard to do. Tell us your experience with that and your strength and your hope on that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was one of those situations where, like, like I I had to leave my environment mm-hmm. um, and and realize one that there's more to this world than like your your neighborhood. You know, like you know, being from Detroit, like a lot of people in Detroit they never left Detroit. You know, right. like a field a field trip for them, you know, is like going across eight mile. <laughs> you know, and it's like man, yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Like, and so for me, it, you know, it was getting out of that environment, you know, played a part. But I would say the biggest, the biggest thing that changed me was, was just my faith, um, you know, coming into a, um, a saving knowledge of Jesus and, and, you know, having that encounter with him is, was what really changed me and, and, and reshaped everything. So now, you know, it's like, I, I know my, my identity definitely is not in any of those things, you know, that you just right. previously brought up, but. I know my identity is is ultimately found, you know, in Christ. Amen. Just, you know, he's he's my creator. So that changed everything for me. Like, right. totally turned my world upside down. Absolutely. Um, myself, you know, I, I grew up. I went to seventeen schools, and you know, back in the eighties and nineties, they say get out of the house, don't come home till the street light comes on. You don't need <laughs> to be at home. Oh. Lots of mischief, lots of mischief for sure. <laughs> now, tell us how all of that changed for you. And I, I know that you're a missionary now and that you incorporate that into your music, into your rhymes. Um, where did the change start for you? You mean as you from the, you in, mean like my faith, my faith walk? Yeah, or? in life that... Um, allowed you to make that turn in your music, your lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, when you know, when I became a Christian, uh, you know, obviously I wasn't doing the type of music, you know, that I that I do now. Um, so, it, like, it was automatic for me. Like, once I made that change, it was like it's it's a no brainer. I cannot continue to talk about this stuff that I'm talking about. Like, right. it's just you know, because like I always say, you know, is it, it, it starts with the heart, you know. Yes, so what's is. your heart when your heart changes, then, you know, what comes out of your mouth changes. Um, and so for me, like I had a heart change. So I, I didn't even feel right trying to say the stuff that I used to say. Um, and to be honest, um, probably like the first year of, of my faith walk, I didn't even do music anymore. I was like done with it. Um, you know, I was just, you know, working and, mm-hmm. you know going to church, going to Bible study and all that, like that was it for me. Um, and then it wasn't until about a year, year and a half later, uh, probably a year later that I actually picked it back up mm-hmm. um, and started doing it um, with one of my friends. And, you know, we kind of came together and did like a mixtape and then, you know, it kind of grew from there to where I am now. But 
Um, yeah, but for me, that's 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 when the change happened. Like when, once I became a Christian, I knew I was like, I can't talk about right. You know, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about anymore. And, and at least if I talk about it, I can't talk about it in the same way. Like my perspective on it is different. You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now. In one of the songs, you know, I wrote your album review for you and um, got that. Thank you. And I, a great review, by the way. Thank I, I you. Got a chance I'm glad to read you it today. liked it. I'm glad. Yeah. You, I absolutely love that album. Um, one of the songs that really touched me a lot was Man, like Man on the Bus. Mm-hmm. When you were actually talking to yourself. And yeah. Like an older version. And. I got chills all over my body when I was like, wow, because you're, you know, don't, don't do this and don't do that. And, you know, right. sending yourself a message. Um, g- can you tell us how you incorporate your messages into your music? Because every single song, I mean, it goes from like rap to hip hop to like an R and B to like a retro feel and just kind of like a relaxed vibe and then back to very fast paced and and then the end of the album it just kind of closed with like a bang like literally because when i heard those those gunshots you know and and talking about life on the street and and trying to find your way out that's just very very powerful message yeah yeah i um that the man on the bus song is really funny um because that, that that whole concept was, um, I, I actually like when we talk about like missionary work, right. you know, like when when the mic is off and I'm off the stage, you know, um, I I believe it's really important to get involved in the community and do things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually um, speaking to some students at a school, and um, <laughs> one of the students was like, "Hey, you should do a song where you talk to your younger self." And I was like, huh, yeah, it's got to be kind of cool. What a blessing. And I thought about it. I was like, man, I was like, that's a, that's, that's a sweet concept. And so I went home, like, I think the very next couple mm-hmm. nights or something, and I wrote it. Um, and I went back to that school, and I, and I told her, I was like, hey, I was like, I took your advice. I wrote that song. She was like, can I hear it? I was like, no, nah, it's not ready yet. It's not ready. <laughs> um, but so, so yeah, I, I got that concept from, you know, from a student like I said I was at a school and mm-hmm. is I love one I get the story I get to do the storytelling you know even, even though the story is not it's not a true story it's a fictional right. story but the principles in the story are very true um, and I wanted to put a creative spin on it because you have like you have to listen to the song like really listen to it yes to know what I'm talking about it's deep it's yeah, very I, and I and I can tell I can tell when people really don't listen because they'd be like, "Yeah, man, that was that was pretty cool, man." You know, you, you talked to this guy on the bus, like that was cool, yeah. And I'm like, "You didn't listen," because if you listen, like when you get to the end, you'll be like, "Wait a minute, wait that a minute!" Like himself. it makes you think. Like at, at first, Whoa. I was like, at first, I was like, "Is it God? <laughs> Who is he talking to?" And then right. it happened to be yourself, and I was like. And that's when it was just kind of like hit me, and I was like, "Wow!" To be able to to warn yourself, and you know, right? So and the, even even the even the vibe of the song, like even the track, it has like a '90s feel to it because it the does. setting. That I did it on purpose because mm-hmm. the setting takes place in like you know 1995. So I'm like, you know, the years '95. My headphones is playing Bone because I I used to listen to Bone was, Doesn't Hurt Me all the me time. Too. That's the year I graduated high school. Yeah, you know, so I was yep. you know I was in like at that I was in middle school at that time. So I'm listening to that, and so I, I wanted that whole setting to to go back to that era, that mid-90s era, and mm-hmm. 
just put the spin on it. But I, I, that was that was like strategic. I did that on purpose. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> felt the '90s vibe because I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Because you know, it's got that G funk era. Yeah, you know, that G funk era feel and Warren G and yeah and yeah yeah all that era and that that was always my favorite uh time now who was your favorite art music uh, artist growing up that inspired your style or did you just have your own style and just let your soul explode <laughs> yeah i i kind of i mean i have inspiration but right. when, when, it, when it comes to like a person like i've never really had anybody tell me i sound like somebody Everybody's like, man, like, I just, I can't really compare you. Like, you kind of sound like this person, but not really. Like, so I, I just always kind of had my own style. But as far as inspiration, man, I, I mean, I was inspired, um, obviously, by, you know, Tupac, mm -hmm. big inspiration. Biggie was a big inspiration. Um, you know, like I said, Bone Thugs and Harmony was a big inspiration for me. Um, LL Cool J, um, like, more like the later LL Cool J. Right. Um, when he started doing all his love songs, <laughs> like that was that was like like a big inspiration. Yeah. Um, and then you know you move into like the later '90s, and you have you know Jay Z comes out, and you know now you're like Eminem comes out, and you know all all these guys were like you know inspirations for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know when I wrote my music, definitely, definitely. Nice. nice. Now, um, on. Uh I know we talked about the album review, the R 2.0. Let's continue. Um, can you can you enlighten our listeners on the album and whole, mm -hmm. and your your message with it, and um, how how it was going about making making your album? Yeah, it, it's funny because it's the the reason I called it R 2.0. Let's continue. Um, it's because it actually is a continuation from um, an EP I put out back in 2013, oh, okay. uh, which was which was actually supposed to be an album, but it just we didn't, you know, it just wasn't working out, so we just threw out a six-song EP. Um, so the R 2.0 actually stands for Redefine 2.0, okay. um, because the EP was called Redefine, and I I didn't want to use the same title, so I kind of right. flipped it, you know, a little bit. Um, but this is it's a continuation of that. And what I'm really talking about, I would say, as a whole, for the most part on this project is like identity, um, mm -hmm. which come in, in a lot of different ways, you know, personal identity, identity, right. you know, like when it comes about re relationships, like relationships need to be redefined, um, who we are as people need to be redefined, our nation, you know, identity and that needs to be redefined. When you talk about r racism, yeah. all that stuff needs to be re redefined. So I like. You know, I covered a broad range of topics on there, um, but the the core of it all is just kind of like identity. Like people, you know, are in an identity crisis, and that's why we have so much craziness going on, you know, in our in our world and our nation, and even within ourselves. Is because we don't know I, who we are. I know. I you know what? You're right, and that's so funny because I'm a family historian too, and okay. one of the things that I I started when I first started the podcast was. Um, you know, letting people know that anybody that's my guest, I'm helping people put their family trees together if they want to get mm -hmm. started, um, or if they have any missing links to try, you know, to help find who they are on the tree. Right. Because I think it's important that people know where they come from. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important to know who you are because two years ago, I had no idea who I was. I didn't. I, I didn't have my tree done. We were stuck. We couldn't get past the 1800s. You know, we had all these family members, like three or four of them that were on the Trail of Tears. But I'm so white. I, I look like a sheet, you know. <laughs> so white. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I can't. I'm like, why does it say they're all Native American, you know? Well, okay, so, yes, they were on the Trail of Tears, but I found out that they were African-American, and there were slaves that came over on the boat, and I actually found, was able to find what boat they came over on. I wow. kid you not. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Now, it's not a lot of African, granted. It's like 1% West African and 1% East African trace DNA, but I'm 46% okay. Egyptian on my, 80, on, my, on my ancient DNA. 46% wow. Egyptian. And I was like, what? Egyptian? <laughs> On wow. that. And then 44% Syrian and 10% Georgian. Wow. And, and then I found my family members that came to America. And, you know, and, and I got to find out who all of my ancestors were. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is, this is awesome. So that is awesome. It's funny because my wife and I were just talking about that the other day. Okay. Um, just like like DNA and you know tracing your roots back because you know my wife is is she's black, white, and Native American. Okay. You know, um, and so and I'm like, man, like I I know I'm obviously I know I'm black and I know I have some Creole in me, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know what else is, right. you know, I don't know what traces. Other than that, like, I would love to know like that. But that's so inter interesting that you mm -hmm. said that because we literally just had that conversation. And then I had funny. 2 percent, well, less, a little less than 2 percent trace DNA. No, it was 2 percent because 2 percent African and then 2 percent Middle Eastern. And um, and then I found that one of my grandmas, uh, because my family were actually the royals that came to America. And then. OK. Right. So. I, I found so it's royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> now there's there's a uh, of course it's you know um, my family came here in like the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. So um, on both my mom and my dad's side, but the the only ones that I knew about growing up were the ones that were on the Trail of Tears, and I have their roll numbers and when they registered and then i found some pretty scary backstories on that and they had some really you know horrible rough lives and um that's all i had known but i thought it was native okay. american i didn't know that they were they were african you know wow. american but i know my mom's grandma um she was out al an albino african-american woman that i do know wow so yep yeah, that is that is always so interesting. It is. Yeah, it, it is. is very interesting. So I, I was, it just it to know who, where I come from. It just kind of helped me set me on the path to know that hey, you know, I, I'm not my ancestors. I'm me, but I have to make my own mark in this world, and I know I can do it. Right. Right. So right. that that set me up on that path right there. So. That's awesome. But if if you awesome. need any help with your family tree or anything, just let me know. Um, yeah, I will. I'm getting started. It's free. I can help set it up for you. 
and get you started on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate now, it. I, I wanted to ask you too. You had two award nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, and two projects, and you worked with the Grammy award-winning producer. Can you tell us about that and how that was for you? Yeah, um, the award nomination was for, I don't know if you ever heard of it, it's the uh, Rhythm of Gospel Awards. Um, yeah, that was that was from my uh, from my first album, actually. Um, I got nominated for, God, I'm trying to think what it was. I think it was Hip Hop Artist of the Year and CD of the Year, something like that. Okay. Um, I, I up, yeah, I, I didn't win it, but I, I got nominated, which is, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool, you know, my yeah. debut album, and I get something like that. Um, and then, as far as the uh, producer, um, you're talking about um, Jr. or uh, Courtney Orlando. Mm-hmm. That's he changed his name to Courtney Orlando. Yep. Um, yeah, he's he's out of uh, St. Louis. Um, many people know him for um, you know songs that he's produced for, like Lecrae okay. or um, Triple E, like the whole One One Six Reach Records. Like he did a lot of production uh, for those guys. The Truth, a lot of them, um, and he's an artist, you know, as well. Um, so I, I worked with him on this project um, and then on the EP as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with him. And, yeah, he's, you know, we've talked online and, you know, he's a really cool dude. So, like, I, I shoot him something. I'm like, bro, I just did a track. I just did a song to one of your tracks. And he, like, reposted to everybody. Like, yeah, so he's, he's a cool dude. Shout out to JR, Courtney Orlando, you know, So High right Productions. On. Definitely hold it down. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. For our guests that want to follow you, keep up with everything that you've got going on. Um, find your latest albums. I, I know that you can go to a newpodcast.com and you can find Elowen's album review there. You can uh, stream all of you know, his album on Spotify. Um, tell us where our listeners can go to follow you to keep up with everything. Yeah, I'm all over the internet. Um, so if you have Twitter, if you have an Instagram, if you have um, Facebook, you can find me. Um, my Twitter and my um, Instagram is at um, LON07, so that's E L O H I N 07. And then my Facebook is um, LON fan page, so E L O H I N fan page. Um, so that's like all my, my social media. And my YouTube is the same thing, E L O H I N 07. So I, I try to keep them all the same, so it makes it easier now, um, for people to find. You grew up in the 80s, right? <clears throat> yeah yep okay. i'm an 80s baby who, who was your first because i want to say cassette tape or uh, uh, a man. record uh <laughs> i think um god i want to say my first legit cassette i didn't get it until like it was like the 90s when i got it um my mom was like real strict so like she didn't let me listen to any type of like music that had like profanity or swearing or anything like that. So I had to like sneak and listen to it. So so it was like, whatever, whatever came on the radio was pretty much what I heard. Or if I was hanging out with friends or whatever, and they play stuff. But I think my first like legit, um, cassette that I had was bone thugs and harmony East 99 eternal. I have that. Uh, I have, I think I have that in my, I have that in my, uh, I have a box of cassette tapes. I, I couldn't, and I actually have a boom box in my bedroom. I couldn't bring myself to get rid of it. <laughs> it plays tap, kid you not. It plays Rick and tapes. I'm like, oh, my boom box. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what. That is so funny. 
Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was Bone Thugs, and I, and I think after that, um, I bought like we used to like go to like um like the corner store and get uh-huh. uh get like the little bootlegs. Yeah. <laughs> so I I bought like uh what was it Westside Connection mm-hmm. Mac Ten like. I had like their stuff, and I remember one day my mom heard it. Like I was trying to play it in my room, and she heard it, and she bust in the door. It's like, what are you listening to? And she took the thing out and like took rip all the the tape out of it and threw it in the trash. I'm like, ah. It was like that for too short with me back in I think it was like 18, 1989, 88, 89. Okay. Um, my my first cassette tape was Michael Jackson. And okay. And uh, of course, uh. Run DMC, TLC. Those were my first three. And uh, you you remember when everybody used to be out on the streets playing their boom boxes and break dancing back in the 80s? See, I... When they weren't beating each other up. <laughs> I, I don't, man. It was... Yeah, like, I wasn't... I Honestly, in, the, mm-hmm. like, the 80s, because I was born in like, in, like, the early 80s, so, like, okay. by the time, like... By the time hip hop like started to get like commercial and like no, I wasn't even gangsta. I didn't even listen to it. Gangsta, I was gangsta. like I was all into R and B. Okay. Um yeah, I was an R and B's guy R and B guy until I think until like the Chronic came out. Okay. okay. And that's when I started getting into rap was when like gangster rap came. And then so from there I kinda went back and I started like appreciating like more of the East Coast um type stuff. But like mm-hmm. Like gangster rap is kind of what got my attention and made me say, "Whoa, yeah, this is I like this," <laughs> you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I grew up with the, you know, the old school, '80s and all that good stuff. I, I liked it because okay. I, I lived in Toledo too, which isn't too far from Detroit. Yeah, nah, a, a lot in Detroit. I mean, really, I don't know. We we used to always kind of stay indoors. Hey, <laughs> you know, um. Yeah, but in Toledo too, it was like that. But when you when you go downtown to that little strip, on that that port, do you know what? Do you go to Toledo ever? Uh, drive through all the time, okay. but never. Well, there's a port. I, a I went to Chick Fil A. That you know, before we start getting them up here, man, that uh-huh. was the only spot was right, right off of four seventy five, I think. And it was just you know, you you take seventy five, four seventy five, and you go west. And it's right there. I feel I, I feel sad for anybody that didn't get to experience the the old school old school because I remember jump roping out on the street while people were boomboxing and break dancing okay. and and all that kind of stuff. And it was just such a more peaceful era. Kids could walk wherever they wanted and not have to, you know. Yeah, that that none of that went on in my neighborhood. It was just, you know, I mean, you had kids outside playing, uh-huh. um, and then like it was dudes game banging. Like, I like we, yeah, it was definitely not. It wasn't like a musical type of uh-huh. um, like feel environment. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And, and see, um, when well, we moved to we moved to Warren actually after we lived in toledo so okay yeah and that it was it was it wasn't bad i i, I remember the neighbor i beat up the neighbor's son oh no and his dad came after my mom with a baseball bat 
And my mom You were bullying me. people? Oh, I didn't bully them. They, they kept mooning me. So what I did was I took a switch off the willow tree and I peeled it and let it soak in water. And then the next time they mooned me, I slashed their butts. <laughs> and they was going to beat me up. So I beat the crap out of them. And then went crying to their daddy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so their dad came after my mom. There's these, yeah, the two boys, man. I beat them up and their dad came after my mom. Wow. They were karate and they were always bragging. Well, I, I grew up in martial arts too, but I didn't brag about it. So I, I beat them up. Wow. <laughs> that yeah. is too funny. We ended up that moving kind of because of that. So that's when we moved off Jewett Street and Warren to right behind Eight Mile Library over there off Harding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, that is that is funny. That yeah, is people funny. people get you up there in Detroit. They'll get you. you don't they will, them man. It's... They'll, they'll knock you out. They will. I uh. I said something rude to the ice cream man once, and he ran me into a parked car <laughs> on my wow. bike. The yeah. ice cream man? <laughs> I kid you. That not. sells like the the that used to sell the little wrestling bars, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. The ice cream man ran me on my bike Only into in a parked car. I flew. <laughs> wow. Woo! Yeah. So. Yeah. See, I, I like my mom. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she kept me in the house a lot, so I didn't get to experience a lot of things, which, which I'm appreciative of now. Right. <laughs> because, of, <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh man, I'm telling you what, I I didn't, you know, I I learned my lesson. I'm not gonna lie, don't don't bully. And then when I moved to yeah. Indianapolis, I got bullied. So, but I had never been bullied until I moved to the state, to Indiana, ever. Really? Yeah. It's just, it's different here. I don't know. It's just different. Wow. But, well, I wanted to thank you for being a new guest. Um, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do your album review. I really appreciate it. So. No, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's been an honor, um, you know, to be on, be on your show, on your platform. So, yeah, everybody check out the website. Check out everything she has going on. It's awesome. Yep. So, yeah, and your website is, tell us the name of your website. Yeah, notyouraveragerapper.com. Okay, notyouraveragerapper.com. And then yeah. a new podcast.com. Yep. And this yep. has been a new podcast. <laughs>